Hi everyone, welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily and I'm here with Chase. What's up? And we're a paranormal horror podcast where we like to tell each other scary stories and sometimes drink, usually drink. Uh, as of today, I'm having an IPA and Chase is having his Pellegrino. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> being responsible. Always being responsible, Mr. Chase. Uh, yeah, so if you guys are coming in with a work week hangover or a beer hangover, you're in luck because we are here to tell you stories and hopefully make you forget about that pain. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have any updates or anything to talk about except for maybe addressing the bonus episode that we released a Absolutely. few days ago. I don't know. I was really excited about it. Um, we decided to call our bonus episodes the after party. Because that's kind of what it feels like. Like, we're just hanging out with other people. Um, Usually, that's probably what we're going to start doing our bonus episodes for, is mainly if we're hanging out with other people, right? Yeah, well, so that one was a little different, because you recorded that one a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was recorded before we even started this podcast, because you were still figuring things out. So it was kind of like a prequel episode. Uh, Yeah, exactly. But I think, like... I don't know. I think it worked out, and then Absolutely. we can do some more stuff in the future. Who yeah, knows? hopefully at some point, you know, as the pandemic gets a little friendlier, we'll have uh, we'll have like more guests. Yeah, you exactly. Know. We'll see. Maybe maybe people liked an episode without my voice in it, so maybe more, <laughs> more, more guests with you. I missed you. I missed you before I knew I was gonna miss you. <laughs> Aw. Aw, shucks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so if, if if you don't like listening to me, you should definitely check that episode out because I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, that one episode. And if I'm the most important thing in the world, then skip it. <laughs> then forget about it. Just I, know, I know, I skip it. I probably listened to that one like 500 times, not because yeah. it's like um, any more or less special, but unique in the sense that I wasn't able to really soundproof anything and I mm-hmm. had to really manually <laughs> adjust volumes and do weird things that I... I learned. <laughs> well, but you also, when you recorded it, because we didn't have any, like, soundproof pads or anything, yeah. you built a pillow fort? Yeah, we talked about room. that in the episode, but oh, yeah, okay. we... No, 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 but in case we wouldn't listen to it. Yeah, you guys built a pillow fort, and it created a very different sound to your guys' voices, and so I was here. <laughs> I was, like, I was in the house. We told but, you, you have to be quiet. <laughs> but yeah, I was, like... <laughs> in your silence. I was in the bedroom. I think I was just reading comic books. I know, probably. I was probably reading like Spider-Man or something while you guys were doing it. <laughs> or I was playing Ticket to Ride on my phone. You know, totally really cool things that yeah. only the hippest I was so jealous. men do. I was like, I wonder what Chase is doing. <laughs> Betty's doing something super hot. Super sexy and super cool, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Um, but it's, it's actually... It's a great episode. I never like listening to my own voice, so it's probably my favorite episode because <laughs> I, I can just enjoy everybody else. But I definitely think we have some ideas for future episodes with other people, uh, yeah. particularly about like trips, like scary places that we I think been, that's like kind that. of where I want to really focus on. I think if we do it with other people, I want to I want to see first if we can like yeah travel together like anywhere that's kind of spooky, even if it's a hotel uh, with maybe either a group of people or just the person that we're going to be welcoming into the show that's just going to be i think my focus um initially and then after that who knows what it'll morph into but and and we already we have trips planned they were planned and then the pandemic hit but they're still on our plan we just had to move later but you know we've got mexico city we've got japan Mm -hmm. and we always go to san diego so that's gonna happen again like it used to be almost a yearly uh, Oh my God! It's a Winchester House, I think. Mm-hmm. I, it, I thought that was up closer to LA, but we can or still do that, it. I mean, it's, I such, mean a, it's such a close drive between <laughs> the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got quite a few trips, and actually, in my story later today, I have a new place that we need to go on to a road Ooh. trip to. So we're gonna get around to that. So anyway, if you guys haven't listened to it and everything we said sounds good, check it out. It's it's available. and it's with Lisa, my our really really good friend uh, yeah if you know lisa you you know what to expect yeah and if you don't know lisa listen to it and then you'll know who she is yeah that's basically <laughs> who she is you'll get a really good vibe <laughs> so yeah go ahead and listen to it. it's on the same same place as everything else is yeah and, exactly uh, yeah dun, dun. yeah i recommend it but with that said let's move into this episode's story yeah we got to get started before you finish your beer i know oh my god i haven't taken a sip have i <laughs> hold on well, he's always slow at drinking beer. We're at like a brewery, and my it's my, because I'm always talking my ear off, my ear off. Yeah, probably because no one else is listening at that point. <laughs> but yeah, like 
all have finished my pint and they're like, oh, do you want another beer? And I, you know, give my order and they look over at Lily and Lily's got like two sips in. But I'm beer. always like, yes, I'll have another. And then that's my goal. I'm like, I must drink this now before they return. I'm okay with it though, because usually it means by the end she has like half a pint and she's like, I can't do this. And I'm like, <laughs> it's mine. It's like, I want to say free beer, but it's not free. We're still paying for it. But I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be hers, but now it's mine. Basically, if, yeah, I don't know, uh, keeping my attention span on a drink is very hard. I just don't think drink fluids very often. I mean, I really don't drink water. I don't drink anything. That's I think why you're a shot girl. Because it's, it's the minimum <laughs> amount of fluid for the maximum amount of impact. Yeah, and it's because I'm not going to be doing it otherwise. Give me a frou-frou drink. I'll love it, but I'll forget to drink it. Or a beer. I'll, I'll love it, but I'll forget to drink it. So it's because I'm usually talking. I'm doing something else. Things that are more important. I still want you to get talking about your story. <laughs> okay. See, that's what I need. I need I need focus. Okay. The story for today that I have for you is Baba Yaga. <sighs> Baba Yaga. <laughs> I knew you were going to be like If you guys haven't seen Ant Man 2, I like I'm not super crazy about the movie, but there's a scene with Baba Yaga or they talk about Baba Yaga is like my favorite part of the movie. So do you know much about actual Baba Yaga um, story? I, I actually did a little bit of Wikipedia after the movie because okay. I was so inspired. But yeah, so it's kind of like a Russian boogeyman, boogie woman. Boogie woman, a little <laughs> bit. You know, I find it that I th- I would think that a lot of people probably did the same thing. They're like, who's this Baba Yaga? This guy is absolutely terrified. <laughs> from. And so I'm anticipating a lot of people to already know something about it. I mean, I didn't deep dive into it. Oh, right. And I and I did. And I'm not saying that I regret it, but it really took me... I was like in a tornado of facts because Baba Yaga is such a complex folklore because it it has morphed, changed, and... and uh, so it's like Krampus. It's kind of like Krampus, but like on freaking steroids, this damn Baba Yaga. But let me tell you about it. Okay. In the best way that I can. Let's kind of go into a little bit of the origin. Uh, the story is from Slavic folklore. The term Baba is derived from Old Russian, which uh, many people have interpreted as midwife, sorceress, or fortune teller. Uh, The name has also morphed throughout the centuries, but ultimately it has the same root, um, some sort of variation or concept as old woman. In fact, the term babushka, which most of us have heard at some point. It's like my favorite thing to call people. (laughs) Babushka. Yeah. Is it like supposed to be insulting or you just like the word? Um, I use it with... it means grandmother. Yeah, right? I use it in a playful insult. Like, I say it to people I love, but as, like, a joking way. Like, calling someone I love a nerd. Or you're like, oh, like, my babushka. It's a, yeah, it's like, you hurt your I knee don't... recently, so you're like, oh, look at your babushka knee, because it's all <laughs> weak and limpy. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you have I mean, been calling it. how can you it? not love saying that word? I know, my poor knee. I keep hurting it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so babushka comes from baba which means the old lady that I was talking about. Now, the term Yaga depends on the Slavic language. It's actually a lot harder to pinpoint for some reason uh, with linguists. But it could, I mean, it does have slight meaning between now modern cultures. So in Czech, it could mean wicked wood nymph, Hmm. a wood nymph. That's how you say it. Um, In Serbo-Croatian, it could mean horror or shudder. And in Polish, it could literally mean witch or evil woman. So I think they were more they like... They all kind of relate. Like, but yeah, exactly. I get that they all kind of mean... They're going to invoke the same feeling. Exactly. And all I right. think that's kind of where they all agreed. So shudder-inducing witch old woman. Mm-hmm. That's Definitely. Cool. Like I mentioned before, unsurprisingly, Baba Yaga is one of the most popular folklore creatures slash witches in the world. It has roots to many different cultures and has terrorized children into making them believe that the woods harbor an evil and unforgiving entity. Nice. Yes. I wonder if uh, the witch from Hansel and Gretel is, like, inspired it's by It's probably Baviera. the OG Bobishka <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um, the earliest written reference of Baba Yaga was in 1755 by Mikhail Lomonosov, who was a scientist, philosopher, historian, and poet. It's also important to note that the interpretations of Baba Yaga uh, vary between countries, like I said before. Um, At first, I was like, oh, yeah, totally, just like La Llorona or something like that. Nope. It is so complex and so different, even what it represents, how she looks like, what she uh, does in these stories. It's really crazy. The thing that I think the one of the only things that have in common are the fact that she is a woman figure 
and uh, her name is Baba Yaga. Mm. <laughs> um, since I've kind of been talking about how she's usually portrayed as evil and old, um, in other interpret, there are other stories or versions of her where she's not a witch, but instead kind of a witch, but not an evil one. She's more of like a oracle or something like that where she'll be a guide to the protagonist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So again, it really That's a that's a shifts. big departure though. Right. And I'm like, but it's also Baba Yaga and they're like, yeah, Baba Yaga. And I'm like, okay. So I had to go with it. I, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, in early literature, she was also described as being a beautiful goddess that lived in the forest. She was connected with nature, the heavens, and the underworld. Now, I think this was heavily influenced by the old pagan goddess that has long, long, long since been forgotten. It's understood that pagan beliefs in any part of the planet, I think at this point, really were wiped away. So pinpointing where Baba Yaga came from is almost impossible. Mm. So it's just kind of kind of like Krampus. That one was very similar. It was just so ubiquitous that once it started being written down, it was kind of from everywhere. Exactly, exactly. Um so because of the of these reasons, like I said, I really had a difficult time figuring out which interpretation I was going to tell you guys today. And in fact, it even made me almost to the point where I was like, maybe I should just do another story because <laughs> I'm confused. But no, I, I stuck with it. Don't worry. Um, and I also decided to share first a more modern spooky version. Nice. Uh, in fact, we can thank Alexander Ofanyasef who in the 1870s translated these stories that depict Baba Yaga in a more sinister light and allowed the world to know and fear Baba Yaga. So thank you, Alexander. <laughs> For creating <laughs> nightmares. Yeah, now I'm scared in America. Awesome. <laughs> so now I think I'm going to go into a little bit of the description. Uh, this creature appears to people as a ragged old woman, which I think I've already said many times, but sometimes she's more obviously... Like, there's something more obviously wrong with her. Like, the type of deformation of parts of her that would be, like, part human, part animal, mm. which we've seen many times in other witches kind of things that we've talked about. And, like, for example, her nose might be distorted, almost trunk-like. Her teeth may appear to be sharp and made of iron. It's also said that her legs and feet resemble chicken legs. <laughs> Cute. But many believe that it's because it, they're actually thin as bones or maybe just bones, like yeah, skeletons. Yeah, gross. Baba Yaga is skilled at remaining invisible to everyone as well. So she like drags? She's like, she just be <laughs> standing there watching you for hours and you have no idea. <laughs> I've been here two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Totally like that same. Uh, here's here's the, finally the story or the lore. Baba Yaga lives deep in the Russian forest with her three sisters who are also referred to as Baba Yaga. Oh, so... Okay. Yeah, that was new to me. I'm like, I thought there was the one and What's only. What's the plural to Baba? Is it Baba Yagets? Baba Yagets. <laughs> Baba Yagis? Baba Yaga. Yeah, let's let's keep hitting on that one. And we'll the Baba land. Yogurts. The Baba... Yaganadas. No, nope, I can't think of... <laughs> I can't think of anything. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so these Baba Yagas, they live together in the same hut, and their fence is made of a human skull, or many human skulls. Yeah, I was like, that's one big <laughs> That is skull. one long and big skull. No. Sometimes her hut is described as standing on chicken legs as well that continuously spin in a circle. Oh, <laughs> Holy cow. So I just had a huge flashback. So I don't know how I don't know how many of you guys are gamers, but I'm a huge gamer. And there was a game called uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider that came out, I don't know, sometime I think like five years ago or something like that. And you're in like Serbia. You're in mm -hmm. like, I, I just had forgotten so much about this game until then. But you're in like you're in like a snowy part of Europe. And then at one point, you have to go through the forest because people are talking about Baba Yaga. And I forgot about this. Oh, my this. God. And at one point, you see a giant walking tree with chicken legs. And it's the idea sounds ridiculous. You're like, a tree with chicken legs, that's got to look really dumb. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was horrifying because it's huge and it was coming after you. 
It turns out in the game... I mean, game, any house that follows you is a little terrifying. <laughs> no, I know that, but I mean, like, it was actually terrifying. Yeah. Um, But in the, like, in the game, it turns out your character is under drugs and hypnosis, blah, 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 oh, blah, good. blah. But I had completely forgotten there was a Baba Yaga segment to this game, and there was a house with chicken legs, and it was actually scary. Exactly. Because at first when I heard it, I was thinking of something goofy, and then, and then I remembered that actually can look terrible. It... Yeah, so I saw some um, illustrations and then other pictures, and I'll tell you about in a second. But yes, the hut often is depicted as standing on chicken legs and also continuously spinning in a circle. And the only way to stop the spinning is by chanting, little house, little house, turn your back to the forest, your front to me. And I guess it'll stop. And I'm supposed to say also that I think Baba Yaga was the only one who was supposed to chant those, and then that way she can go into her house. <laughs> but we all know now, sorry. Uh, this is a cool thing that I discovered. Um, possible explanation as to why uh, people say that the hut is on these legs. It's because Siberian nomadic hunters used to build storehouses that were perched on four tree stumps. They did this to prevent animals from eating the stored food mm. they kept inside. And when you see pictures of these, it's really crazy because sometimes the legs actually do look like chicken legs because of the way the root extends from the base. Interesting. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Cool. And then I realized that I have to continue with my other research. I was about to go in a deep hole of, like, <laughs> Siberian nomadic like, Stop. cultures. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> go Not back. Not relevant. Yeah. Um, when Baba Yaga is on the hunt, she rides around on a mortar that they can control with the pestle, all the while leaving a whirlwind in her wake. Hmm. So I had to look up because I forgot what the terms were in English. A mortar and pestle, do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I think most people did, and I'm just like, what the hell is that? For grinding. Um, Yeah, so it's like if it's like a bowl, and then you have like this kind of thick stick that you grind your stuff in, like Hmm. spices or herbs. Corn is a big thing. Corn, yeah, Grains. grains, exactly. Um, and yeah, if you don't know what that is, Google it and you'll be like, oh my God, I've seen that my entire <laughs> life. How do I not know? Um, my had one <laughs> yeah. on their, uh, they still have it on their kitchen counter. It's been there since I was like five, but it's like stone, but it's shaped kind of like a pig. A pig? Yeah. Like it's so hard to explain, <laughs> but it's been there forever. So does um, it look like a piggy bank with like a No, no. I don't mean it looks like comical. Like it's, it's kind of, it kind of looks like it's made out of like lava rock. Oh, I think I know what you mean. So it still has like the stone look and mm-hmm. then the little legs has are like, like a, the little thing. Yeah, it has like with... a head on I the see. side of it. Yeah, that's really um, weird though still. Yeah, they have it, but I don't think they've Cute. ever used it. Classic. I mean, why would we need to? We have, we actually have like a grain mill. So. Oh, really good. Oh, right. Yeah, that'll probably void the mortar and pestle. Manual labors for suckers. Yeah, and for Baba Yaga. <laughs> so yeah, Baba Yaga running around on her motor, and, motor m- mortar and pestle. Um, she will also sometimes carry a broom to clear any evidence of her existence, like her path that she leaves. So she could be riding around on the broom like other witches, but she's like, no, nope. mortar and pestle sure it, it is. <laughs> and a broom. So she's, she can- like the, she's like the one, the heavy witch from uh, Hocus Pocus where she rides around on a, a vacuum, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> She's like, what could I ride on? She's this, like, this vacuum. Is she couldn't find like a small stick outside. I mean, really. Let's be honest. If if witches it has were invented, to be, it has to be some sort of cleaning product or like cleaning vessel, like our tool. Well, I was gonna say if it were it done, if like witches were first invented in the seventies, they'd be riding around on either like lava lamps or like beanbag chairs <laughs> on a shag carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now we're going into Arabian Nights here. Where am I going? <laughs> they didn't have shack. No, I know, but they then. like rode oh, around on a carpet. On a carpet. Gotcha. Yeah. Aladdin style. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so I don't know why, but I think when the when I saw the first picture of her riding this mortar, it was like kind of looking like a rock, and my brain immediately went to SpongeBob. Do you remember <laughs> that episode when they're trying to deliver that pizza, him and Squidward? And like they they get lost. <laughs> You don't know what I'm talking about. I know. But, the, but then, like... Every episode I've seen of So Drama I've loved, but I think I've maybe seen 10% oh of the Oh, my God. Episodes. I've seen, like, everything. But, no, so they find this giant boulder in the middle of nothing, and they're like, like, what are we going to do? And then SpongeBob's like, oh, my God, it's a giant boulder. Pioneers used to ride these for miles. <laughs> and you're just what? like, well, I know. And then he does 
This boulder just like starts riding around. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. So this is like what I pictured Baba Yaga doing as well. <laughs> I think that's where SpongeBob got it, I think. Anyway, uh, Baba Yaga's motivation for everything is to devour her victims. She will hunt them down, capture them, cook them, then eat them. Uh, these victims are often children. Sometimes, if an unsuspecting victim finds the hut, Baba Yaga might provide valuable information and guide the traveler to their destination. But most likely, she'll just make you feel comfortable for a little while, then feed on your flesh and soul. Man, I wonder, like, I wonder why she'd, like, send you on your way if she, like, smells you and she's like, eh, this guy smells bad. I'm just going to let him go. I'm just going to. I'm not going to eat he's this. He's kind of gross. It's like, it's like when you wake up in the morning and you realize you forgot to put, like, your fast food in the fridge from the night before and you're looking at it and you give it a smell and you're like, no, nah, not happening. And then. To the trash. Sometimes you're hungover and do it anyway. No, <laughs> totally never done it. That's never. I've never. Ever happened. Ever done that. <laughs> um, where was I? McDonald's doesn't I, go bad anyway. Oh my God. No, probably not. It's actually somehow more flavorful. What? That was the grossest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It is not more flavorful. It's actually it's not. It's dry. The grease has been deactivated by the next day. <laughs> <laughs> um, historically, Baba Yaga represents the shifts within cultures to fit in with the mythology and often like mimics the fears that society is going through at the time. Makes sense. Yeah. For example, um, in the Soviet Union, uh, Baba Yaga was used often in cartoons as propaganda to affirm socialist views. So she's constantly being wow. resurfaced. I would love to see that stuff. Yeah, there was like a little clip of it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so interesting to me that they would embrace a folklore thing because uh, communist Russia was so against a lot of things, like like religion, for example. Oh, right. Uh, that they were like, no, no, this is not okay. So to embrace something like that seems... I don't know, just counter to what I've learned about it. I've but, got I mean, to they see were this. they were cartoons as well, so they weren't... I mean, maybe adults can watch them too, of course, but um, even from maybe little children... Maybe it was children, taken as being, we know this is fake, but it's we're just telling a lesson or something. It's for lessons. It's okay. for the protagonist to have a chance to um, display certain characteristics that were favorable from their citizens. Gotcha. So that's kind of what it was, yeah. I gotta see them, though. YouTube. YouTube! <laughs> <laughs> Bring me communist propaganda! <laughs> Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Yeah. Ultimately, her powers are endless. With her magic and enchanted objects, she possesses the powers of creation and destruction of worlds. That's very Thanos of her. Very Thanos. She By the way, sorry for all the Marvel references. Me and Lily just finished a binge watch <laughs> oh, of yeah. all the Marvel movies, so they're super fresh. They're very <laughs> fresh, and we have jokes that are super old now. But yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Most of them were better the second time around. Some weren't. Some did not. Some just for me was like, yeah, I remember not liking this and I still don't. Yeah. But I'm also not a big comic book hero. Yeah. uh, Movie watcher. But you and me pretty much agree almost one to one on them. Yeah, I agree. Just like I'm a huge comic fan, but the ones you didn't like pretty much I didn't like either. So, yeah. But anyway, so sorry. And once again, I'm going to have a lot of references, but that's just because that's how my brain is right now. (laughs) On a Marvel path. That's okay. Um, there are other popular origin tales, and I think like I have to have to tell them to you guys because they were they're still so popular in Slavic folklore, and it's obviously something that people have talked about whenever Baba Yaga comes up. It's just like it's kind of like our Red Riding Hood, or well, not ours, but <laughs> you know whatever ones we have that are super um, that are very common that we all know from children tales. Here's one. It's about the beautiful Vasilisa. When Vasilisa was born, a traveling merchant gave her, or gave the infant, a small doll. Uh, He told the parents that when she grows up and needs help, that she can feed the doll and ask for advice. Fast forward a few years later, Vasilisa's mother had long since died, and her father remarried an evil woman who had two daughters. Um, Every day, Vasilisa does the chores and is treated very poorly from her stepmother and two stepsisters. Is it sounding familiar? Cinderella, Cinderella. Cinderella. (laughs) Uh, While this was happening, congruently, Vasilisa would feed her doll and ask for advice. Then every day the doll would comfort her and even perform her chores. Oh, hell yeah. It's kind of a creepy doll, but whatever. Like a little Dobby. A little, oh God. I'm not the servant you are now. (laughs) Uh, Well, 
At the same time, men were swooning over Vasilisa and wanting to marry her, but the stepmother was very against it. In fact, she was just jealous, and so much so that she moved the entire family into the woods. So that's pretty vengeful, Mm -hmm. but whatever. And because they moved into the woods, everyone knew that Baba Yaga lived there. So knowing this, they still did it anyway. Well, one night, while they were working by the candlelight, one of the stepsisters purposely blew out all the candles and hid them. She told Vasilisa that she needed to go to Baba Yaga's house and ask for more candles. Terrified, Vasilisa still went. Um, When she arrived to Baba Yaga's house, the old woman told her that she can have her light if she completed a list of chores. And if she didn't, then she would be eaten. Uh Vasilisa, pretty much without really a choice, agreed and, of course, brought her doll and did her thing with it, you know, Mm. fed her and then say, do your thing. Impressed, Baba Yaga gives her a skull whose eyes are illuminating like a bright candle, like a bright light. That's actually kind of cool in my mind what I'm picturing. I mean, you're like, can I have a candle? No, but here's a skull. You're like, okay. Uh, so why do we have that as like a Halloween decoration? We I'm need, sure there is. We, like, yeah, we got to figure that out. We just need to buy one. Amazon. Okay. So, <laughs> so Vasilisa goes back home, and the grateful stepmother and stepdaughters greet her at the door because even though it was their own doing, they were left without light for five days. So mm. they were like, "I did this to." Sure punish Vasilisa, but we're also really in the dark. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Upon lifting the skull, there was a sudden burst of fire that shot out of the eyes and burned the stepmother and stepsisters alive. Now that Vasilisa was free, she goes back to the village and marries the handsome Tsar. (laughs) So that's basically it. She just like... (laughs) So that's totally just weird Cinderella. It's like really weird Cinderella. Um, Without a shoe. Well, no, there's no shoe. But it's got a creepy doll. Yeah, I wonder if that's that supposed to like it. represent the little animals that helped her. They're like, Disney was like, okay, but like not the doll. Can we just do mice and birds instead? <laughs> I mean, when we were kids, we had like dolls that like peed themselves and you had to, uh, you had oh, to like take care of them it. or you had to feed them or something. Yeah. We didn't have like indentured servant Barbie. <laughs> so, I mean, these kids are lucky. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, there is another tale that's very similar to it, uh, except instead of, like, being banished from the stepmother or, like, told by the stepsisters to get the candle, sure. the father actually drops her off at Baba Yaga's house and it's like, peace. And then I'm just going to really whittle it down. <laughs> this is from memory as well. But anyway, so she's at the house and then Baba Yaga's like, you have to perform these impossible tasks before dawn. And then, like, the girl's like, all right. And then, you know, they're kind of like, you have to separate rice from, like, their grain or something like that. But by dawn, that would be impossible. Anyway, she tries, and all of a sudden, all these little mice start, like, rallying around her and help her. So by dawn, it's totally done. Baba Yaga being so impressed by this, uh, obviously keeping her for many days and each day giving her a more and more impossible task. But these little critters kept helping her again and again. Mm see the mice Cinderella that's, again. that's where it came from yeah so this is like another version of it and so at the end when the dad's like yo what's up i'm back and the daughter's like hey uh look at baba yaga is so impressed and she gave me all these cool clothes and gifts so she's rich now and the dad's like oh you can come back home now so she does and like at home there's like the stepmother and stepsisters who are there mm-hmm. one of the reasons why the dad kind of dropped her off at baba yaga's house well turns out that the stepmother was so jealous and she's like Mm-mm, well i'm gonna send my daughter now to baba yaga's house so the stepsister goes to baba yaga and then baba yaga does the same thing she says hey you need to perform these impossible tasks and if you don't in the morning something bad's gonna happen well, the stepdaughter being such a brat, she was like, well, I ain't going to do this. And plus, I don't know what these mice are doing, but she would like kill them and shoo them away. So she didn't have any help. In the morning, when Baba Yaga found out that she didn't do anything, she tore her into pieces and put her bones in a box. And that was another story. So, so you're just telling me that <laughs> I would be torn to pieces because there's no way in hell I will live in a house that's filled with mice. Yeah, there's like tons of mice too. But they're cute. They're cute in the pictures I saw. Like, I'm down with, like, a, a mouse or a rat pet, but if you've got an infestation in your house, that's a different world. They come with, like, hauntivirus and stuff. <laughs> Not into it. But these are, like, no, you're right. These are pretty bad. Um, Mythical mice that do work for you. Don't just, trust them. 
just, you know, don't go near them, but let them do So the did the other stepdaughter go and then get torn in pieces too? No, I think that was it. They're like, okay, I have a spare, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, don't, don't go because that didn't work out so <laughs> You know, well. it didn't really work out for your other sister. So, uh, no, but that is uh, the most popular stories from Baba Yaga. Even though they're not the scariest, they're the ones that if you're ever going to tell the story of Baba Yaga, you have to mention these. They have such deep roots into their culture and like, uh, and fairy tales for children. So as gruesome as they may be. Fairy tales are supposed to be gruesome. Yeah, they are. I stand by that. Absolutely. Um, for sure. Today, Baba Yaga continues to be depicted in modern literature and popular media, including, like you mentioned before, in Ant-Man. You know, the <laughs> <laughs> the guy oh keeps... And apparently the Tomb Raider game. Yeah, Tomb Raider game. She also appeared in the comic Hellboy. I just These are just like oh. lists that I looked up. Um, the show Supernatural. And she's even a character in Fortnite. I know it's a really popular game, so I just thought I'd mention it. As commonly as ingrained Baba Yaga is now in our culture, she's an even greater representation of the different cultural facets of Slavic culture. And how, for example, something as simple as the chicken legs in the house is representative of a more important anthropological explanation. So Baba Yaga is very crazy. I, I recommend really deep diving. If you're having it's like prominent. insomnia and you're like, just Google Baba Yaga and you'll be like, wow, I have hours and hours of material cool because that's what it felt like i have a feeling if we go to like our amazon fire stick and we just type in baba yaga there's gonna be like 10 movies they're all gonna be like b movies with <laughs> there are movies that are uh, like get like a two out of 10 imdb rating but yeah we should take a look and see if there's anything interesting there is a horror movie i think i saw it pop up on a list of like references of, of modern baba yaga stuff and it was a movie i did not click on it to see IMDb ratings or whatever, I just was like, oh, I need to remember that. And then I forgot. So thank you for reminding me. There is a Baba Yaga movie, so maybe we should watch that. Yes, we absolutely should. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is my story. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I dig it. See, normally I like to ask, can we go visit there? But this seems to be, like, everywhere. It's, so there's, yeah. no, like, there's no, like, Baba Yaga house in the Urals that we can go visit. So No, but I guess you can go to Russia and then go into the forest and hopefully you don't die. So that's one. Exactly. I mean, I'll die in probably in any forest, so it doesn't have to be Russia. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I think we're already struggling to get you to go to Russia. And you know what? I'm a little worried about it myself at the moment. Yeah, it's probably fair. One day. One, one day. day. Well, there's like a whole museum out there I want to go to, but that's for actual like anthropological findings and it's sure. deep in Russia. So Russia has so many fun stories. Um this one was just, like, popped up. I think we referenced it in our last episode. And I'm like, Baba Yaga. It just kept popping in my head. I'm like, I really need to learn more about that crazy lady. And then I regretted it. And then I didn't regret it. And I'm really happy I did it. Well, we have another story that takes place in Russia that you and me actually got into a debate as to who can cover it. Because ah. it's, it's a little ghost. It's a little UFO. It's a little bit country. I let you have it even though I'm <laughs> upset because it's like one of my favorite stories of all time. Uh-uh. No, well, it's one of my favorite stories. But I think you're right. It is even more just intricate in its details. And maybe you'll do it more justice. I kind of yeah. go off the cuff a lot. And I might forget a thing or two. So no, no, no. I'm going to let you have it. But oh. just just know that I'm super informed because I've read all about it. So there's it. two Russian ones. Are you talking about the one that's in the forest or are you talking about the one that was in the snow? In the snow. Okay. Because they're both kind of... We can discuss this later. Yeah. How about we... One can have one in the other. My today's story yeah. is another one that crosses our, our genres, our respective genres. Ooh. This is a really good one. And you may have heard of it. But before we get there, uh, I don't even know if you finished your beer, but I definitely finished my super responsible adult water. Nope. So <laughs> I need another one. So we'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, guys. And I think you guys are definitely going to be excited. Chase has a story for us today. So after I finished researching this and printing it all out, I find this news story that's like, totally relevant and big news about ufo stuff that just happened yesterday oh. and i'm like oh my god i really want to do this story but i'm not because i already did the research for this but i'm going to do it next week i was super excited so if you're wondering if, if any of you follow this stuff online you're wondering why i'm not talking about it it'll be next week because it just came too late ah but my story takes place a long time ago okay so now it's time for my end of episode encounter so we got to go back in time to a year that also had a massive viral outbreak. 
Only this time it was polio. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going back to 1952. Yeah. September 12th, 1952 to be more exact. In fact, we can get super specific and say 7.15 p.m. <laughs> oh, my God. So I love when stories have such exact times. Uh-huh. Like, I don't even remember what I ate for dinner yesterday. Like, at what time? What time? I like, don't even know. Like, if I have know. to guess, like, I'd be like, I don't know, maybe six. It could have been as late as eight. I have no idea. But these people are like, this happened at seven. 15 and, and I, 20 seconds. And I think especially in the pandemic, I think the question would be like, which dinner? Like the first one or the second one? Because I'm <laughs> right? continuously Was just this eating. like my 2 a.m. snack <laughs> because I can't sleep? Right. Yeah, I'm healthy. Um, <laughs> but either way, whenever we are dealing with UFOs, for some reason, the stories always have exact times. I'm just seeing like this hyper nerdy guy going like it was at 863 (laughs) that was my that was my conan o'brien doing a nerd impression nice um but anyway we're gonna talk about an event that made national news it was so prolific that even the air force investigated as part of their project blue book operation which investigated ufos from around the country at the time Mm. this took place in the town of flatwoods in braxton county west virginia if, like me, your knowledge of West Virginia is lacking, just know that it's right in the center of the state in the Appalachian Hills. Like, you couldn't get more center than this if you ask me. So, I mean, it's, okay. it's not near anything. <laughs> Three kids, Edward and Fred May, who are brothers, they were 13 and 12 years old, respectively, and Tommy Heyer, their friend, who was a little younger at 10, allegedly saw an unidentified object streak across the sky and then land in a nearby farm. Ooh, so, land. Yeah, well, some of the accounts say crash. Okay. Some said land, some said crash. So take the that UFO's as you like, will. like, I did not crash, I totally landed. Yeah, I mean, and this is what little kids are saying, so who, who knows? Right. The object was described as being bright and giving off a pulsing red light. Mm. Before I go any further, just know that there's quite a lot of names in this. You don't need to remember any of them, but it's just how I'm going to differentiate character A and B. Yeah, okay. Okay, so the farm it landed on belonged to a G. Bailey Fisher. The boys ran to uh, the mother of the two brothers and the mother, not the other kid's mother. They ran to her house to tell her what they had seen, what had happened. Mm -hmm. At this point, though, they said, we got to go investigate. And their trio became quite the posse (laughs) as they were joined by the mom, Neil Nunley, Ronnie Shaver, and Eugene Lemon. Eugene Lemon who was the oldest of all of them at 17 and also a National Guardsman. So we now have seven people, six boys of various ages, the mom, and they brought the dog. Of course. Back up. Could this sound any more like it was in the 50s? (laughs) It's ridiculous. I think they're called the Little Rascals, but I'm not sure. So this was in a small town of like 300-ish people. And the funny thing is, that's about as big as the town is now, too. (laughs) Oh, wow. Right? So they all went to investigate. Upon reaching the top of the hill where the original three boys saw the light, they encountered something that terrified them. There was a thick mist mm. that they described as smelling pungent, just such okay. a gross word, Okay. and made several of them nauseous. Not far from them, they noticed bright red glowing eyes staring back at them. Oh, hell no. The eyes were high up. Some of the reports said that it was in the trees. Others said it was because the creature was so tall. Lemon, the National Guardsman, the oldest, described what he saw as a, quote, man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape, end quote. The mother, Kathleen May, said that the creature had, quote, small claw-like hands, clothing-like folds, and... A head that resembled the ace of spades, end quote. So, like, clothing, like, folds? What's that? I don't understand. I might have re- miswrote that. I, th- I remember it saying skin-like folds. Like Maybe, like... Skin-like oh, clothing like folds. saggy, like... Yeah. Gross. Yeah. But a compilation of all these descriptions was put together by UFO writer uh, Gray Barker, and he defined the creature as being around, with all their information together, about 10 feet tall... Mm. had a green body, a red face, and eyes that glowed with a greenish-orange light. It was at this point that the creature made a hissing sound and (laughs) glided towards the group. This is getting so ridiculous. Right? And I just talked about the Baba Yaga, so... (laughs) Hissed, glided towards the group, and understandably, 
they freaked out, turned, and ran off. Mm -hmm. And I'd also like to point out that the 17-year-old who had the flashlight dropped the flashlight, too. Of course. Classic. Now, before I continue, and these pictures will be on our social media, I'm going to show Lily some of the pictures of the interpretations of it. Oh, my God. I need to see. And I want to know, because I'm wondering if she's going to have the exact same reaction I did. What? I mean, it's it's like... So the top left one is the original drawing that they showed. Oh, the really? It, and the one on the right is kind of like a modern version. Do you not have an instant reaction to what it looks like on the top right? I mean, it kind of looks like a witch, but like, because it, it looks like she has like a A-line skirt, a really long one, and then But I'm arms, not focusing on those details. Arms that look like So branches. it's supposed to be a huge creature. It's supposed to be weird. Okay. Wispy things. I was going to say it looks like the Mothman. Ooh, no. The red eyes. Because everyone, the, the only consistent thing with Mothman tails is the red eyes. And this has it. But it's weird shaped. I mean, Mothman, no. Because he has like a wingspan. Some people say it, some people don't. Some people say you just see a weird tall character standing outside with red eyes. Mm. And this is a tall character with red eyes. And it's weird looking. Interesting. Interesting. So anyway, all right, okay, I'm going to continue. <laughs> Look at the pictures on your social media if you want to know. After word broke out, the sheriff and a deputy went to investigate the area. They claimed there was no mist, no smell, no sign of any craft on the farm. However, the next day, a reporter named A. Lee Stewart Jr., try signing that every day, Mm. of the Braxton Democrat went to investigate himself. He claimed to have found both skid marks in the field as well as odd gummy deposits. Ew. He very much believed what the witnesses saw, claiming, quote, those people were the most scared people I've ever seen, end quote. The news coverage of this event would become massive. It also turned out to be very divisive. Plenty of the locals were legitimately terrified, where others found the story hilarious at best. The biggest issue is that the stories about the monster change so dramatically from person to person. It's hard to get a consistent story from all the accounts of what was actually seen. Mm -hmm. The mother and Lemon went to New York to tell their story to the national CBS News as well. Oh, my God. Sounds a little bit like maybe if there's money there. They're really hamming it up. Hamming it up, possibly, right? In my reading up on the story, I found a quote that I found really amusing. John Gibson, who was in high school, he was a high school freshman when this occurred. He knew all the kids who witnessed the event. He was quoted as saying, quote, one of the boys peed his pants, end quote. Wow. Way to like exactly (laughs) point that out. I was like, you just need to say it. And I'm like, so I can't tell if just because he knew the boys, was he their friend? And he was trying to imply how scary it was. Like, no, this was so scary. It was like, it was so scary. One of them peed their pants. Or is he just being like, he, he's happy to get some limelight. He's like, yeah, I know the boys won't beat his pants. What a loser. Something like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. I'm just seeing kind of like a big bully who's like, I want some attention too. Uh, yeah. I could see a UFO if I wanted to. I can't tell, but I thought it was really funny because it was just like randomly there. I'm like, how is this relevant to anything? It's some random guy says, yeah, he peed his pants. I just had to repeat it because it was so funny that I could even find that information on this story. Yeah. But anyway, when I saw pictures of people's renditions, I'm not going to lie. Like I said earlier, first thing that came to my mind was Mothman with the big bright mm, red eyes. Mm-hmm. But it's also in the right part of the country, too. Just saying. That's where a lot of the Mothman stuff is. A lot over of Mothman, yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's an alien and aliens and Mothman look alike. Bright red eyes. Maybe Mothman's just hands. Who knows? So, what are your thoughts so far before we continue? Um, I don't think it's Mothman. Seeing as Mothman doesn't ride around in a spaceship either. I'm just going to go ahead and say either alien or, like, a crazy prank. All right. All right. Yeah. Not to, like, totally diss the 50s or anything like that. No. But, I understand. you know, it might have been easier to, like, bamboozle a small, small town at that time than, like, nowadays. I Absolutely. don't know. Who knows? Absolutely. So what was it? Well, there were seven witnesses in total, which is compelling. It's a lot, it's a lot of witnesses. But we also have to take into account that they were all together during the incident. Mm-hmm. These aren't in, independent people from different parts that all saw this same thing. They were all together, which kind of makes the fact that there were seven not even that important anymore. Because, you know, they were all able to talk about it, influence each other. They knew each other. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there. We also need to acknowledge that five of them were under the age of 17. 
And it being such a small town means they knew each other incredibly well. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was with a group of other friends, like it was a sleepover or something, or we were out camping or whatnot. And if something scary happened, I mean, we did not react intelligently. We were all convinced. Right. It was like, did you hear that? I totally heard a growl. Someone just said my name. No one said any of that <laughs> You're stuff. just throwing stuff Everyone in there. Everyone just believes it all. And they're like, oh, yeah. I heard him say his name too. No one heard anything. Yeah. But that's how kids are. So, um, yeah, very impressionable. So one being 17, that's a little older. The mom, but maybe she was scared because she was supposed to be the adult and she had a bunch of kids who were terrified. And she got terrified too. Yeah. It should also be noted that since the Air Force launched an official investigation of the sighting, that's compelling as well. Like, why would they show up? But it could have also been that since it was such a highly covered news thing, they're like, well, we have to go check this out. Like, Mm -hmm. it's such a big deal. Yeah, of course. All right. Opinion is divided amongst both locals and tourists, but the generally accepted conventional explanation was they witnessed three independent things and they perceived it as one connected event. Now, bear with me. I know what you're thinking. I usually consider (laughs) explanations. No, but I usually consider explanations that require like, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. And they just thought it was you. I'm usually like, oh, you're trying too hard to explain this away. And I I usually go with the what's the more simple solution if it's one thing that causes all three things as opposed to three perfectly timed things that go together. Okay. But this one has merit. And it should be listened to. Hmm. You know, we're talking about kids. We're talking about the 50s. If you bring everything into it, just listen. (laughs) The light they saw streaking above them and moving rapidly is suggested to have actually been a meteor. They did see something and it was there. Cool. This does make sense because of the very existence of a streak that they all agreed they saw. Few UFO sightings ever talk about a streak or a trail. They are often a bright light that moves in inexplicable ways across mm-hmm. the sky. There's usually never a trail. Yep. Meteors are known to have a trail, and they're often really bright at night. Duh. So what really sells this explanation, though, is that meteors were, in fact, spotted moving in the same direction by people in other areas, same night, primarily in Baltimore, just a few hundred miles east, unless they all saw the same UFO or multiple UFOs. Other people saw sure. meteors that they were they knew were meteors. They were like, that's a meteor. So yeah. it seems likely that maybe there was a minor, minor meteor shower or mm-hmm. just one big bright meteor that everyone could see. All of a sudden, I'm like, okay, the trail, it's bright, it's meteor. These kids are young. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was that age, seeing a shooting star was just marvelous. It was something new. I'm like, so this is still something that would be new and exciting to them. Right. Maybe they don't know what it is. All right. The pulsing light that the boys saw in the distance... Because they never said specifically, well, the stories change, but most of the stories don't say that the streaking light was pulsing. They said when it landed, it was pulsing. Or when it crashed, it was pulsing. Okay. Well, it turns out there were multiple aircraft hazard beacons in the area, one of which was easily spotted from the top of the hill where they saw it. It hmm. pulses red regularly. And when people went to investigate the very next day, the very next night, they could just see it, it where they were there. standing. A pulsing red light. And I'm betting these kids saw it. They didn't connect the two. They're maybe not familiar with them. At this point, you know, like you said, airplanes. I know we're talking the 50s and airplanes had been around for like, you know, 50 years-ish. I mean, I'm totally roughing that number. But I'm just saying, so so people knew about them. But Mm -hmm. I mean, having pulsing red lights out in the middle of nowhere was starting to become more common. But it wasn't super common. Right. Okay. And lastly, the last thing they saw was the creature. So if we say... I really want to know where you're going to say This one's actually pretty funny. <laughs> okay. So I totally buy the streak as being a meteor, and I totally buy the beacon. pulsing beacon. I've yeah. seen them uh, whenever we've gone on traveling and, and we're driving and you see them in areas that are, you know, great planes mm-hmm. and whatnot. They actually are ominous. They're very bright. They, they look weird. I mean, I get You think it. they would have known what it was if it was, like, in their area. I think so, but they're also really young. And probably when they saw the streak and then that, they probably were just like, it's the same it's thing. It's different, yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about the creature. The most common explanation. Hold on. Can I guess? Yes, please. A scarecrow? No. Okay. A crazy old man? No, I'm nope. just kidding. Okay, go. <laughs> the most common explanation is they saw an owl. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. All right, so let me explain. <laughs> just just take a moment to to listen to the, oh, the answers. Lord. Owls do have eyes, 
that can often reflect light and look creeping ominously. And remember, Lemon was flashing, it was pointing his flashlight directly oh, at Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. The ace of spades-like head shape they described is exactly like a barn owl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she said small claw-like hands, which has which those her- talons and everything. How big was this owl? But okay. Oh, they can get huge. <laughs> and the hiss that they heard oh, apparently yeah. sounds exactly like a barn owl hiss. And the fact that they saw it so high up and half the people said it was in the tree and the other half said it was just so tall behind the tree. It's in the I tree. I told you that the body kind of has branch-like yeah, arms yeah, so, and so, tree-like. So maybe they saw an owl way high up and the light so it's dark at night and you have the shadows and the flashlight and everything that it appeared with all the foliage and branches to be a giant creature with an owl head and, and they saw something alive with that... eyes reflecting back at them, hissing <laughs> and everything. And... When they said it came at them, it could have actually been the owl spook flying towards them. And they saw oh, right. the claws and everything. Yeah. And the green body, well, guess what color leaves and foliage is? Green. Green. And if it was a little foggy, mm-hmm. where's the pungent smell coming from? Well, one of the explanations was that was these kids who were panicked and scared and they had just <gasps> been running they home. They peed themselves? No, they, they, just, <laughs> they had just ran home and ran back that they were, they were exhausted, out of breath. They were panicking. And it could have very much, and that would explain why they were feeling nauseous. They were and, also on a farm. Exactly. And, like, but also describing smells. the smell could have obviously been, uh, what's that term when you can like put an idea in someone's head and they're like, oh yeah, it did smell weird or something like that. And it's, it's like suggestive. Yeah. It's just, they could have just been, exactly. These They're young and you know. We're not talking about a criminal investigation. We're not talking about like abductions or something like this. We're talking about These UFO are not detectives who are on yeah, site. They're like exactly. So we're not worried about like this kind of issues. So what about the goo they found? All right. So other people said they could never find the skid marks or the goo. Mm. It, it it does stand as the one weird thing, and it's what most UFO uh, UFO true believers hold on to. Okay. They think that an alien did was land it? and was left. It? Was it the investigators at the time, the UFO investigators that found that information, it, no, or who was guy, it? The guy who found the skid marks and the gel was a reporter who went there the next day, and he actually mm. believes the story. Okay. See, that kind of still makes it a little skeptical, because Agreed. he could be like, I need to make this this story hot, and like I'm just going to say other and, stuff but and you it's know a farm he just may not have been familiar with equipment or manure it or goo it could have been oil from a tractor who knows that's true yeah so so yeah ufo ufoologists that's their that's their number one thing they hold on to now if you remember the army investigated this and they have publicly talked about their findings mm. and you know what they said owl owl meteor beacon <laughs> And they actually said that independently in their report. And it was people in the 2000s who really came up with this as the best explanation separate from the Army report. That's cool. And so, yeah, the Army's like <laughs> owl, meteor, And lights. Wow. So normally when someone gives me those three things, but I'm like, you know what? We're talking kids. We're talking people who are scared. At some point, fear does play a role. None of these people yeah. were abducted. None of them were actually physically harmed. Uh, all they had was a flashlight, and they were out on the hill at night. I mean, this is there's a lot going here, and there's so little evidence other than just hearsay. And even their stories, there was so much variety. Like, Lemon never said claw in anything I read, but then the mom, she saw claws. So they were all kind of looking around and trying to piece together what they saw and uh-huh. with each other's descriptions of what they are interpreting they came up with this weird creature mm-hmm. okay gotcha now the i mean the other explanation right here is it is an alien okay sure so <laughs> let's at least just play with the idea that it was an alien that a and spaceship as landed. someone who usually likes to jump on that explanation yeah. i'm not <laughs> really on this ride with you right yeah, now I'm, but I'm okay gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it's not an alien i don't believe it okay. is, but if we just say it was an alien the idea was that it landed, like a lot of you all just say, it landed, it came out, did whatever business it was, the kids saw it, got back in its ship, flew away, and maybe that's <laughs> what people in Baltimore saw was the spaceship leaving again. Sure. All right. It's so hard to buy that, and it absolutely just sounds like people who were just desperate for a UFO to exist. Yeah. Um, this is one of the only times where such a wild connection of explanations I'm so willing to buy. Mm-hmm. Because it makes it not only funnier, 
But there is nothing about the explanation where I'm like, uh, I don't buy that. Like, I'm like, you know what? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. However, with all that said, the most important thing about this story, actually, is its legacy. Regardless of what explanation <laughs> you may like, owl, alien, mothman even, or sure. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Uh, <laughs> This has had a profound effect on the town itself. It has become its own local legend, like Bigfoot, the aliens, uh, the oh, alien yeah. crash landing at Roswell, or the Mothman, as we were talking about. Yeah. It's most commonly known as the Flatwoods Monster, the Flatwoods Phantom, or even the Braxton County Monster. Tourists come from all over to visit this tiny town of Flatwoods every day. Some estimates on the low season are 100 people a day. Really? Yeah. Which is, you know... One third the population of the right, town. Right for the that's a thirty-three percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is a monster museum there now. Billboards everywhere with the creature <laughs> on it, as you can see. I from saw the, the pictures. picture. Yeah, souvenir shops, and best of all, is a series of monster chairs throughout all of Braxton County. Nice. These chairs are massive wooden structures with the monster painted on them. They look fun, and they're everywhere. It's like something that they've embraced. It's a source of income for the the people who live there. Everyone kind yeah. of just accepts it as part of the identity of the town. And the people in the town, there's people who believe it. There's people who don't. One guy, one interview I read, the guy's like, no, I don't believe in it. He's like, but I love what it does for this town, so I'm all about it. Like, yeah. he's totally he embraces cool it. it. Yeah. And so I'm pretty damn excited just to go see this. I want to go to all the towns that have these little legends. I really want to go. So I want to see, because it looks like a fun little tourist trap, but in a in a very innocent way. Mm-hmm. I Google I Google Street Viewed this town, <laughs> and right when I dropped my Google Street View in, it w- I can't describe how perfect it was. It was like a really dreary, cloudy, overcast day, and it was in like the fall, so all the trees had no leaves, and it looked really depressing and morose and like haunted. I'm like, oh, this is the perfect town. <laughs> Not all the Google Street View as I went through, was, there were daylight ones and everything, but it was so perfect when I saw that, and I tried to find out where all these signs in the Monster Museum were. So I think it would be super fun. I think it would be so much fun. I want to do it. Yeah. So if we're ever, you know, heading back up to Boston or something and we decide to drive, this should be one of our stops on the way. Yes. And I'd like to point out, they do have a Waffle Hut. And everyone's told me I have to eat at a Waffle Hut. So we got to do that. Done. We're putting it on the list. But anyway, that was your end of episode Owl. (laughs) Owl. (laughs) Encounter. Awesome. So Thank not, you for that. Not legitimately scary. It started interesting, but then it ended like it was a Stephen King book where it starts kind of creepy and you're really interested and has a bunch of kids in the 50s. <laughs> but then when it ends, it's lost everything that was scary about it. And right. you're just like, oh, okay. You're like, and I'm done. <laughs> it was an owl. I will say it started out really wild at the beginning. I'm mm-hmm. like, where are we going with this crazy creature that I've never heard of? Um, and never will again because it was an owl. <laughs> I totally want to go there and I want to get like, I don't know, a keychain or like a little, they have, they sell, some people make like glass versions we of this We should get doll. it and then call it the Baba Yaga. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, I think that's cool. So that's what I got for you. And next week I got like hardcore, very intriguing, exciting video recorded. Mm. You have stuff to talk about. I think I have my next topic for next week, too. And it was a little creepy. It, well, it's going to be pretty creepy, I think. Um, this time around, it was a little more folklore fun, and very, in- like, I found it interesting, like, super weird. Um, I thought I knew Baba Yaga, but I knew nothing is from what I learned. So, nice. The more you knew, the less you realized you did. The less I know, Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Bobby Yaga is infinite. It really is, man. You should read about it. It's crazy. I will. I will. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed our show today. Um, and I enjoyed my beer. I'm halfway, if anyone's curious. So Yeah, it only took woo. you forever. <laughs> well, I was talking like a lot of the time. I think I'm closer to getting drunk on my water than you are on your beer. Yeah, I'm like, there's beer being made quicker than I am able to drink this can. But either way, hopefully <laughs> this helps with your guys' maybe it's a work week hangover, maybe it's a real hangover. And for that, um, hopefully you guys can visit our social media. We are trying to post pictures and other stuff so people can enjoy. We're on Instagram, to the Facebook, story stuff, yeah. Twitter. I mean, the Twitter one's kind of boring, Probs. So is the Facebook. It's, it's, it's all about Instagram. We're really selling it here. No, no, no. Instagram's where it's at because that's where we yeah. put, put all the pictures. It really is. Uh, we try to keep up and post and stuff like that, but we're it's really... It's our most active and we reply and everything. We are. I, I'm very active on Instagram, so if you guys want to say hi, say hi. I'll be there. 
And of course, if you have any suggestions, uh, feel free to email us as well. If you don't want to do it through social media, our email is hotwpodcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you for joining us. And I hope you join us next week. And remember that the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. Bye.